Totally. Uh, hey guys, welcome to the Big Blue United podcast. My name is TJ. I'm joined by my friends Dan and Colin. As always, how you doing tonight, guys? Coming off a win, you feeling fresh or what? No. Right um, answer. Well, you know, one more win towards uh, Gettleman and Garrett sticking around. So you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I'm starting to feel Super Bowl vibes. Oh, stop it. Do this, guys. I mean, you know, I think the problem was that we got rid of Colt McCoy, and then if you saw the game that he put together last week, that was really <laughs> impressive. That's really where, where the problem is. Well, do you think did Colt you catch- McCoy could, could throw for over 110 yards? <laughs> you know, I don't think he had too many more than that when, when they played the Seahawks last year, did he? It was maybe – it was more than 110, though. It was like around 120. So, In the prayer circle, of course. Yeah, well, I was just oh, going yeah. to say, how was the prayer circle after that? I mean, with Kyler Murray out, he had to lead it, obviously. That should be more of the highlights they show rather than the game because I want to see how tight that circle is at the end. Yeah. It's important to me. <laughs> As always, guys, um, please uh, follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Big Blue United. Subscribe to uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network at the Pigskin Pod Net on Twitter. And as always, we're brought to you by DraftKings. So uh, more about the game. So obviously Giants win 23-16. I think we saw a little life from the defense, a little life from the running game. That being said, if we really want to like look at the stats of this game, Giants, total yards, 245 to 403. Passing yards, Raiders had 286 to the Giants 96, which I'm guessing is uh, that subtraction from that Tony trick play. I I don't know how that number got... (laughs) Got on ESPN's the, uh, giving me different numbers. The but box it's score still here. Either way, this is what I'm seeing right now. They had 149 rush yards to the Raiders, 117. I think the more glaring thing is like the Raiders had their turnovers. Um, the defense kind of stepped up a little bit. But that being said, we have some guests today from uh, our friends over at at Take Raider, the Take Raider podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Micah and Andy, guys, how you doing tonight? Not too bad. How are you guys? Better than you, obviously. But. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not doing great, but thanks for having us. I really want to talk about this right now. Yeah, sure <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, you can follow them at Take Raider on uh, social media. Mike is at Mike S O N fifty five, and Andy is at underscore Andy Mac underscore two underscore. Did I get that? All those underscores. Maybe. Underscore there, Andy Mac two there. underscore. Yeah, just all one. Right, either way, yeah. you can get yeah. them at Take Raiders. So. I want to go back to when I said, you know, I thought more that the Raiders kind of lost this game than the Giants won this game. And I know there's a lot of off-the-field drama going on recently with the Raiders. So you guys just want to give us your thoughts on, you know, that kind of dilemma. And do you think that played into the game? And what what do you think was the whole deal here? You can start, Micah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I think that you kind of hit it on the head with the Raiders. The Raiders kind of beat themselves in this game. Um, We saw our uh, rushing attack kind of get going um, better than it has been as of recently. Josh Jacobs looked really healthy. Um, You could kind of tell with the way he was cutting and stuff. He he looked like he was 100% again. Um, But essentially, like we had to do previous games and wins and rely on Carr to win everything, he actually lost it for us this time, I feel like. So there was just a lot of different things, a lot of bad mistakes by him, a lot of missed throws. He missed Waller in the end zone. Um, just a lot of things went downhill uh, for this game that I'd say on top of your guys' defense just, you know, winning the turnover battle and coming up clutch, uh, you know, in the within the red zone. And then, you know, when we were in uh, um, your guys' territory was um, the biggest contributing factors, in my opinion. I think it's it's hard not to think that everything that went on with rugs, you know, was affecting people mentally. That's still not an excuse. Still got a game to play or whatnot. But it's, you know, that that – thing that happened with the accident 
lady dying, all that kind of stuff, that type of stuff weighs on you, I'm sure. So whether it had anything to do with, you know, their focus or not, possibly, but when it came down to it, they just car mainly was kind of where I put a lot of the blame on uh, how this game panned out. Yeah. I don't know, man. We, um, I think the off the field stuff, obviously, I think it's more exhausting than, you know, than anything. Um, but that coupled with, you know, going on the East coast, I know it was going to be tough. We talked about it a little bit too, um, on our preview pod, but, um, you know, watch the game, uh, the giants ran or giants, giants chiefs game, um, pretty thoroughly. And, and you could just tell they're giving the chiefs fits. I know the chiefs are having issues offensively. Um, but I do really respect, um, you guys got some, um, good players on defense and also the scheme for Patrick Graham, I believe is the D coordinator. Um, he's smart. He, he plays it well. And I don't, you can look into the defensive rankings. That doesn't really tell a story. Um, there's a lot of garbage time yards or whatever, you know? So I thought they did a great job with us. Um, we've turned into more of an explosive offense. So they ran that, um, you know, cover two a lot and just said, Hey, you can take what you want. And in between, you can try to run the ball. And we did run the ball. Um, I think at one point Jacobs was 10 for 70 yards and then he got banged up. So he was looking healthy until he just wasn't like usual. So um, when he left, you could tell it changed a little bit. Um, we pressed on some things. I think the red zone conversions or lack thereof conversions one for six in the red zone did play a part. So, um, and also you guys, it was timely pressure. Um, I think you could beat us with four. I think that was pretty known, but um, I think Carr, you could tell he was pressing a little bit. And for instance, on that Xavier McKinney pick six, um, he just stared at him. He stared at Zay Jones the whole time. So yeah, there's a double move where you look at him and you pump, but he usually works off of it to the left and then gets back right. I think you could tell it was just, that was pressure-based that he didn't do that. And, and McKinney was playing single high. They weren't running the cover two, but McKinney's playing single single high and he just read the whole thing. So it was pretty easy for him. But I was talking to Micah um, and I'm like, dude, even one look, even on, on that play, one look to the left, that just freezes him for a second. That could have been the difference in, in the play. But once that happened, you could tell the momentum kind of swung. Um, not saying this in a rude way we we are obviously a better team than you guys right now um don't worry yes. we've we've been on the opposite <laughs> end more more times than not but it was one of those things where you even get down to it to the you know one of the last plays in the red zone where a car fumbles you're i'm just like why how we don't even deserve to be in this game right now you know but <laughs> um no they they lost the game and but i mean hats off to the giants like you could look at the box score with daniel jones i have my thoughts on him but you ran the ball effectively. You're welcome for reestablishing Devonte Booker's career. So, <laughs> but no, well, we have it to was, pay him just a little extra, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit, but no, it was one of those things, man. Where it, you for the Raiders, they usually have more than most teams, but it was just one of those games. You're just like, they, they're not ready to play. You know, there's. I think the defense did as good as they could, um, but you could just tell that they they just didn't show up. So, hats off to you guys. It's Victory Monday for you guys. So, that's how it goes. It'll never be Victory Monday as long as Dave Gettleman is the GM of this team and Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator. So, I mean, yeah, like, I, I, I think we could sit here and talk about the Giants' defense. We could talk about, you know, Quincy Roche and Xavier McKinney and, and Aziz Ulajari and, you know, even Leonard Williams had plays, James Bradbury plays. You know, the defense looked good, and exactly, they, they are going back to this bend-don't-break, really keeping the Raiders, you know, to those field goals, I think it was three field goals in the red zone. I mean, it reminded me last year the Giants had such a clutch red zone defense, and it really, like, I don't know. For me, it, this sort of seemed like between this week and last week that the Giants defense is really starting to return to last year's form. It, it took nine games, eight games. You know, that's not ideal. But 
the offense, you know, the running game is great. I'm glad I'm glad it worked out this week. I think Dan's really thrilled because it once again shows that running backs don't matter. Um, that being said, you know, Colin, Dan, tell, tell me what you guys thought. I mean, I want to hear your thoughts mostly on, on Garrett. I mean, we can, you know, we talk about the defense and, and we saw what they can do, but I think Garrett and, and the passing game is really a deficiency here and, and why I'm not, you know, so happy on the victory Monday as I think we should be. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I mean, quickly, the defense, I, I think, you know, it, it's hard to explain what happened in this game. Like like we were pointed out, uh, the offensive stats on the Raiders' side are, are quite dominant in compar- uh, comparison to what the Giants put up. But um, I think there's been a, an effort to sort of simplify the defense and play to the, the our defensive players' strengths. Um, and that, that's paying out dividends. I think they're able to fly around more and be a little bit more loose. Um, and guys are getting after the quarterback a little bit more, whether that's a Quincy Roche or a factor or, or just, you know, more experience for a lot of the young guys on the team. Um, but I, th- I think we might be seeing them sort of form into what people expected them should have been sh- should have been at the onset of the season, which is also concerning because why weren't they prepared um, or in, in this sort of shape to begin with? But it's positive nonetheless. The offense, on the other hand, um, sort of played – you know, again, like not to lose. We, we had 20 pass attempts. Again, we threw for 110 yards, um, playing ultra conservatively. I, I believe after like the first drive, we ran on every first down. Um, it's it's just not taking advantage of the situations that I put in front of you and, and, and playing a very predictable vanilla brand of offense. And none of that's really new. I think we saw a few games ago Garrett call a relatively creative game for his you know, uh, resume or, or his, uh, you know, way of going about it. But but he just really doesn't have much. I think he dials up a few gadget plays and wants to throw them in um, to sort of, like, cloak the fact that he is not a very creative coordinator and doesn't know how to best utilize his players. Why did Kadarius Tony get one target? And and why did he – Why what, what are we doing here? He's, he's obviously the, the most talented player – or most dynamic player on the offense. Why? Why are we not giving him the ball as much as possible if he's healthy? Um, well, if he gets hurt catching a pass, how's he going to run trick plays? Yeah, or how's he going to return punts? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's just it's hard to analyze because there, there's real no good reason for you know why the offense is running this way other than uh, either Joe Judge doesn't have the know-how to, to go to challenge Garrett or he, he's not empowered to do so. So uh, to me, I think there's something underlying it. I think we're starting to see that there are talented players on the offense, despite the offensive line. I think Daniel Jones, you know, I don't like him a ton, but I think he's way better than he's been playing. And I think he's being hamstrung by this sort of ultra conservative pass for, I think we had like three, uh, uh, you know, uh, average uh, pass attempt was like 3.8 yards. Sick. Um, it's, it's just – and it continue to throw short of the first down regularly. It's it's just sort of insane. Um, I don't know. That was a big ramble, but uh, Colin, do you have anything more cogent to add Well, to I that? mean, the, the, the first thing before you, before you touched on it anyway, I was just like – I was thinking watching it. It would be like, wow, it would be really cool if we, like, drafted a, a wide receiver in the first round and we, and we like, used him as a wide receiver and, and – you know, actually threw it to him and and didn't sit him on the sideline while trying to throw to like big slow tight ends that are that have no yak in them whatsoever. Uh, Do you think that's like, trying to like teach him a lesson for how he tweets or 
You know, uh, you know what? That you, you, you might have that might have come right from the top. That might be a yeah. John Mara special. You know, let's sit let him, him down for let's a couple him of games. Let's start him once until he learns better tweet etiquette. Uh, that's and that's, totally, we're, we're that's honestly like not to, even totally. It's totally believable. It's yeah. like not even a joke. <laughs> so thank you, Raiders, for for the Henry Ruggs thing, which got Kadarius Tony one pass this game. If Kadarius Tony needs any advice on tweets, he can reach out to Damon Arnett. <laughs> Oof! Ah. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I saw a tweet today. Uh, the Raiders 2020 draft class. That's a rough one. Very yeah, rough, out. yeah. Yeah. Well, there's like three dudes left, and two of them are backups, or one, one of them is a starter. I, I don't know exactly the tweet I saw, but. Yeah. One of them, Brian Edwards, the third round receiver we drafted, yeah. who's got promise, um, but yeah. uh, and has been doing decent. And then uh, John Simpson's a backup guard, and Amik Robinson is. Uh, was a healthy scratch on Sunday. Mm. You want to know what you want to know what what this tweet was? It was actually uh, Ian who who runs the Twitter for Big Blue United tweeting. This draft is almost as bad as a Dave Gettleman one. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Feeling the pain. Though, if, but if I, if I want to just jump in and and just give my thoughts on the offense today, it, it was confusing to me. So, the first drive they came out and they haven't used Evan Ingram right all year, and he can't, you know, really make a lot of plays. But he is athletic. He is a dynamic play playmaker if you – not that he's going to catch the ball, but whatever. He can get over. <laughs> he can so, do everything but catch yeah. or block. So he, they throw a deep ball to him, and he, you know, gets over, over the defender and makes a great play. Awesome. They threw the ball downfield. The rest of the game, they threw the ball downfield zero, except I think to Galladay for two contested catches. And the first incompletions Joan had the entire game was in four minutes left in the third quarter. So why are you just running this dink and dunk BS? And then I get Devontae Booker was having a good game. And this is like Garrett's like wet dream is to run this ball control offense where they're not throwing the ball down the field. But it's like the first drive that you had, you showed that you could do it. But then chose to just not really try again. And – I don't, like, like, what is wrong with this guy? I, I think he's there's he's just terrified of our terrible tackles, which frankly is understandable because they're god awful. They the were whole pushing game, people around in the run game. Well, but that was part of the that was actually the strategy. The strategy was to not have that five to seven step drop and let those those two ends get at the quarterback. It was getting the ball out of his Jones's hand as quick as possible and run the ball all day long. And then you see Booker have his. Uh, 102-yard game, whatever it ended up being, with 23 uh, yards receiving. I mean, which, by the way, I didn't realize how low-key he was. The video of him getting the game ball after the game, he's so bored. He sounds so (laughs) bored. Is that he's just like – uh, everyone's just like, yeah, 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 you rah, 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 say some cool words. What, what, what's good? What, what are we going to do? Cool it's just words. like, uh, yeah, we're going to go into the bye week, and we're going to do it again when we come back out. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, say it from your chest. He's just like, go Giants. I'm just curious, though, with, with, without these turnovers, do, does Garrett's game plan change at all? Like, do you look at the passing numbers? Like, Tony had one catch. Galladay had two catches. Slayton had zero catches. I mean, you know, you get the pick six and, and, and you get the fumble recovery and you get another interception. It's like, it's, is that just it? Now, now we're just going to run the ball and, and be boring and have no dy- dyna- nothing dynamic running on offense. Like, I'm so confused. Dan, do you think that scenario changes without that pick six, or do you think the Giants just lose this game? I mean, they, you, they probably just lose this game, right? Yeah. You'd like to think so, but uh, I, I, I have my doubts. I mean, I was just looking back at the schedule. The last time we scored more than two touchdowns in a game was against the Saints in week four. I mean, that's, in, that's really bad. 
that's like that's an anemic offense. That's that's an offense that can't score and, and certainly certainly isn't going to be able to do it against um, any team that's halfway decent. I mean, the, the Raiders I, I still think should have won this game and we scored one touchdown. Uh, we had that 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 interception, the, the pick six, and then Graham Gano got busy. I mean, you, you are only going to win by default playing an offense like that. And hey, not for nothing, McKinney stepping it up big time. Yeah, no, he that had was a great the best game. game he's ever had. So that was cool. I know, yeah, but, I mean, but I want to know what I'm interested in, in, in sort of, you know, the outsider's point of view of this Giants team. I think my perception is everyone thinks the Giants is trash, which is probably the right uh, analysis. But well, what do you guys – do you guys see any strengths in this team that are that are notable or anything that, you know, if you were had a say in the organization you would build around? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I – <clears throat> I'm just laughing because I it, it's so spot on with what you guys are saying. And also, I've felt this way about the Raiders for so many years. Um, but I think you look at it, right? I mean, I'm not given – you guys probably don't want any outs. But Saquon's always up and down, whether he's healthy or not. Um, and then you got, obviously, Galladay, who's been – hasn't really met the uh, potential or really the, the price of admission for his contract that he got. So um, you, you have that, and then you have this Daniel Jones um, progression that you're trying to work through and – and you've seen his ups and downs and trying to identify his strengths. And then you have to figure out, you know, <clears throat> whenever I we're, – we're pretty used to underutilizing players. Um, so if you look at Kadarius Tony, it's it's that Percy Harvin type role. Um, yeah. But it, but then you look, okay, what pre, what's present day? That would be like a Debo, um, Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk. So that type of role. So then you're like, okay, how can we take – it's a copycat league. So how can we take yeah. some of this stuff from these guys and utilize them? But who knows what it is behind the scenes. Um Maybe it is the tweet that is is getting him less targets, <laughs> but um, I, I get the frustrations because we we were pretty vanilla probably the first half of Derek Carr's career as well, and that had something to do with Carr. It had something to do with the weapons around him, and um, so I, I I get that sentiment. But um, really, if if we did open it up and actually scored a couple touchdowns in the red zone, that we end up flipping like you guys schematically on defense, where Gus, it's not the cover two. Gus Bradley runs that Seattle scheme that kind of cover, cover three zone, but that's yeah. when we get really soft. So I think if anything, I don't know if it would change. I don't know if we give it to you, um, which has been why we've hung on and won games for Bradley when before we're actually winning. And um, Paul Gunther's like, we're sending nine right now. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, here's a touchdown over the top. So um, yeah, I get the frustrations. Um, I've, I don't know why I just realized this, but I drafted Evan Ingram like every year in fantasy for no, I just like him. And he's just, <laughs> Either underutilized or terrible or both. I'm not exactly sure, but both. Um, yeah, probably both. We would <laughs> happily trade tight ends with you guys in the heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, him, Evan, and, Evan and I broke up this year. I didn't draft him, but I drafted Saquon, and you know, there we go. Uh, so. Hey, uh, what do you guys? What's your guys' view on Carr in general? How does he make you feel as, as your quarterback? Go ahead, Mike. Well, um, I I really like Carr, um, and I've always um, I've always felt like he's always been able to be a really good quarterback and a, a top quarterback in the league. Cause we've seen flashes of it, but we never saw any consistency of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would see a lot of things that just kind of uh, left you wanting more with him. And then there would be, you know, maybe some dumb decisions or some things that were questionable. Um, and, and it's always, there has always been kind of the outside stuff of like, we had the last rank defense for a lot of years, you know, and a very terrible defense. And, you know, even though he was doing, you know, good he wasn't doing well enough because the defense sucked and then you know it was going through a lot of times where I mean when Gruden was the first coach he had um same coaching staff he had for more than three for three years or more every two years it was switching out and stuff like that so it was one of those things that was hard to be like 
all right, you're the problem when there's so many, you know, revolving doors around everything and, you know, never really had a whole lot of weapons. We had Cooper and Crabtree and, you know, you kind of saw how that season ended up being, you know, really well in 2016. So just one of those things where it's like, I've always believed in them, but it's like, you got to do something sooner or later, like, yeah, elevate your game. And, And with Gruden, he got better every single year. And so it was like, you're starting to see, um, you know, the fruit of his work and all that kind of stuff. It kind of come into fruition, but is it, you know, coming fast enough? Is it happening quick enough type of thing? So I think seeing, you know, going into this year, he came out as hot as he did um, was awesome because it's like, okay, we finally have weapons around him, you know, and I think this game proved pretty big um, on on how important Ruggs was to our offense as well because we just didn't have anybody that you guys had to worry about going over the top. And, you know, if anyone was going to do it, it was Zay Jones. And we saw what happens when you telegraph a pass to him. So, um, but I, I've, I've always liked Carr. I've always been, I mean, I feel like me and Andy both can sit here and be like, all right, we're going to criticize you when you do bad and we're going to praise you when you do good and base it off of how you're doing. Um, I've always been, we both have, are pretty, um, you know, on the positive side with things. I think I've been more on the like benefit of the doubt type of side with him, but I don't know. I like him. I think that he is a, a really good quarterback. I don't think that, I think there's a lot of things, you know, they talk about Gruden wanting to be bringing people in every single year, every off season, you know, he's not really his guy type of thing. And I think for so long, we just, you know, it would be so hard to get rid of him and bring something else in that was going to be a better option type of thing too. So that was kind of just kind of rambled on forever about that, but no, no. I've always liked him. And I, I think that we are seeing him kind of, you know, come into his, come into his own and play as that player that, you know, kind of always thought he could be. So. It's weird because based on what Gruden, you know, got fired for, you'd think that the te- car would be the type of guy that was his guy. But, <laughs> yeah, you never know. Wow. All right. You said no shots. <laughs> hey, Giants fans. Who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score could win $100 in free bets. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPPN, bet $1 on either team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 year older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, I want to ask you guys one more thing because I'm just looking kind of at the AFC West right now and... What a, like, open division this was. And I think it's kind of crazy with, you know, the Broncos, you know, basically dismantling the Cowboys this weekend. And you're kind of in, like, the opposite boat that we're in where, you know, pretty much the Cowboys have this division locked down. But you guys are, like, wide open right now. Do you, you know, with the Chiefs reeling and everything and the Chargers look good too. But, you know, where do you guys see the Raiders ending up at the end of this year? Do you think, like, they're going to overcome kind of, you know, what happened this weekend? Because I still think the Raiders are a good team. And I think Carr is a really good quarterback. So, Thank you. That that doesn't take away from your comment about Carr. <laughs> no, I, I I think it's it's hilarious because if you had asked us like, hey, if you know after week what you're you're five and three after week eight or nine, um, 
the division's wide open. Would you take it? I'm like, yeah. But it's like uncharted waters where you're just like, we shouldn't be here. What's happening? The Chiefs are usually 10 and 0 or, you know, 8 and 0 at this point. So it is, it is interesting. It just, um, but I think it's good because in a sense, it, it, it allows you to outside of their performance this last week. It's every game is so important. You know, sometimes it's like, man, you could have a good season and even though we haven't, um, but the Chiefs are just going to take it, you know? Um, so I think it's, it, it makes it good and competitive, but also like look at our, I mean, really our next slate of games, it's the Chiefs at home Sunday night. You got the Bengals at home going on the road to the Cowboys. Hopefully we can beat those guys for you. Um, and then also, you know, it, it just gets tougher and tougher. So every game is going to be a battle and it's, it's exhausting. I wish the Broncos could just be the Broncos because they're, they're not the team that played Sunday. I don't care what the score was. They are not that team. So, um, and then you factor in the chargers and they can get hot at any moment. So there's no, I don't, I don't even think I answered your question. I I'm just like, I don't know. No, you kind of did. Cause, cause I kind of were just really just wanted to hear, you know, it's exhausting to like, you know, be in a situation where anything can happen. Cause the three of us have just, you know, we were, we were seasons over three weeks ago. So we've just been sitting back and chilling and watching what's going on around us more than anything else. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's just classic. Right. Because it's like, Hey, five and three is good right now. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, Ooh, when like, it's like, okay, Gruden, it, you know, has to resign. And then it's like two big wins. Everyone's like, nice rugs happens right it's like every time it's like we take two steps forward and then like 18 steps backwards so they can't help themselves and that's basically what showed on sunday is is even though they didn't have a ton of penalties they're bad penalties they're timely penalties and timely turnovers that is the difference in the game so i don't know that the raiders aren't familiar with winning and so they're as you can tell they're trying to figure it out um but yeah, we talked about on our on our uh, preview podcast how a big win here would be great for us going into Chiefs week. So of course they were going to lose and just send this into a tailspin because um, we had such a great bye week, such a great bye week. The Chargers <laughs> lost and we were like in first place in AFC West. We didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Bye weeks are always a great week because you're not losing a game, right? Yeah. But we also moved into first place and it was so many good things going for us. And then just in a matter of hold my beer, yeah. let me just yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. I, I think that uh, I, I definitely never thought that the division would be in this spot that it's at, where it's kind of like set up for grabs. But um, I feel like the next couple of weeks are going to be a big indication on whether we're going to be able to um, kind of bounce back from all this stuff and stay in the hunt with everything, because um, we very well could see the season just spiral completely down here, downhill from here. So, yeah, I mean, if you guys have the Chiefs next, you know. They, they're not making any noise, so. No, but see, that's the problem, TJ, yes. okay? It, it's like, <laughs> hey, that's the guys, kind of thinking that's not good, Chief, right? Chief, no, well, it's just like the Chiefs are off this year. The offense isn't getting into a rhythm. They're going to put up 57 on us on Sunday night. I guarantee it. Like, it's just, they're like, this is our slump buster, okay? Uh, Great. You know, it's like. Guess who needs a bounce back? Get right game. You got the get right game. We, we also game. got the got, get right game, apparently. But they hey, didn't well, really they, get they right. Get yeah. <laughs> We had like an extensive talk about the get right game. Dan and I went at it for a minute, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that'll be the, the the I'm sorry that'll be the every Chiefs game till the end of the season, and they'll probably lose the last game. They're like, well, they'll get right week one next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. whatever. Well, I, I have a question if you guys don't mind me hijacking this. Is um, yeah, thoughts on Daniel Jones? Um, I I know that Carr and Jones are different pl- players with different strengths, but it it reminds me of Carr in a sense early on, where it's just like he's just, he's so wound up at times and, you know, maybe sometimes too 
um, mental in a sense where he's just like, I'm just going to check down. I'm just going to throw it away and, you know, not do those, you know, extending play because he is athletic and he can use his legs and car um, underutilized his, his athleticism early on too. And I think Jones is even more athletic, but what's your guys take on, on Daniel Jones? I think that's an interesting parallel. Um, I think both players, uh, you know, looking at cars, the early years and for first handful of seasons, um, like you guys said, had had flashes like of what could be, and if he was in the right situation, how he could really um, excel. And and I think we get the same thing with Daniel Jones. That there's tantalizing talent to a certain extent, and his size and and his uh, you know deep ball when they let him throw it. Um, but he's where we you know we're constantly wondering if he if his ceiling is you know the fifteenth best best quarterback in the NFL. Um, I, to me, that's where I think you know his ceiling is, which in today's NFL is, is probably not enough to get you over the hump unless you have an elite an elite defense and, and a really good coach. Um, and an offensive line. <laughs> well, <laughs> that'd be good to have, have like a single offensive lineman in, like, in the top half of their position. <laughs> um, but it, the, the thing that we always come back to, uh, at least on our pod, is it's almost impossible to evaluate, at least in our, our view, evaluate Daniel Jones because of the offensive line and because of all the injuries plaguing our skill positions, we never he never has a uh, full set of players that he should or, or people that he practiced with all summer. Um, so that might be an excuse to, to sort of say we don't really know. But I mean, I think he's a solid player. I think he he'll put his body on the line. He, he's he's shown that uh, this season with a, a few of those plays, uh, just just going for the, the catches and, and the diving and the, that insane concussion. Um, but if push comes to shove, I don't think he's he's going to be the quarterback that I want to lead the team for the next 10 years. I think we will be in, in quarterback purgatory, exact thing Dave Gittleman <laughs> wanted to avoid. What about you, Kyle? Uh, I mean, I, I, as the – I think of the three of us, I've been historically more of the positive-leaning fan, uh, closer to homerism. At least I was in the past. Uh, they've broken me down, though. Uh, as an organization, so I, I am I am less so like my younger self. Um, I think he has all the talent in the world and the smarts to do it. And to echo what Dan said, he, he's just not given the opportunity to actually showcase it. Um, when you're hamstrung and shot in the foot by your own uh, GM and coaching staff it's really hard to do much. I mean, you can have players in the league at quarterback to take their entire team and put them on their back, and he tries to do it game in, game out. But he's almost fighting two different teams while he's trying to do it. And when that's the case, you're, you're, it's an uphill battle. And I just I hate the idea. Uh, the nightmare scenario is we eventually move on from him. He goes to another team, and he rips it up. That's that's what's going to happen, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be awful. It's either that, or he's just going to burn out and just be the next uh, Dave Brown, I guess. Although he's better than Dave Brown. Dave Brown was not good, so yeah. <laughs> no. But I mean, both do quarterbacks, so that's that's the correlation there. But yeah, I, I like him, and I, I I want him to do well, but I, I just don't know if he's in the spot to do it. Uh, TJ, you have anything to add there? Um, honestly, I feel like I'm a bit hotter on Jones than, than you guys are. And, and I think when you guys were sort of talking about Carr and earlier as a career, it really 
kind of got me thinking about Jones in some of the same ways. I know Colin and, and, and uh, Dan just sort of talked about how hard it is to evaluate someone when you're changing coordinators and your, your corner is bad, your coaching staff is bad. You don't have your weapons, you get your injuries. So for me, I just appreciate how hard he plays, and, and I think he has the arm talent, he has the ball placement, he can be athletic, he can move the pocket, he can run the ball. I mean, for me, he kind of could do a lot of things that a lot of quarterbacks, you know, the upper echelon quarterbacks can do. I think, again, he also, like, elevates players around him, which is something for me that is important for a quarterback, a quality for a quarterback to have more than a lot of other things. So I would just love to see him, you know, have a competent starting offensive line. And, and you know, I, I saw one of my one of my favorite guys on Twitter, Bobby Skinner, today, say that, you know, Andrew Thomas is going to come back and save Jason Garrett's job. Andrew Thomas was playing lights up before he was gone. So, I mean, I think, you know, if, if he comes back and can solidify the line and, and they I, – I think that Jones can, you know, has a higher ceiling than a lot of people think he does. I know Dan and I sort of settled on that 15 number, but I, I want to be wrong on that um, so bad. But I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think he's going to be the starter for a long time or, or in the future. But I do think he's at least earned that fifth-year extension to yeah. see what happens. And, and I'm hoping that, you know, and I think we're all hoping that the Giants sort of get their head out of their proverbial keister in terms of keister. the front office. <laughs> oh, what, do, what do you want me to say? <laughs> Keister's um, great. It's, uh, it's an underrated term. I like and, it. Absolutely <laughs> underrated term. And they, and, and they can, you know, get some, get some solid people to support him in terms of the play calling and in terms of the offensive line. And, and I think the weapons are there. I think the defense looks good. So it's all a matter of the coaching and the front office at this point for him. And if he succeeds, and Colin's probably right, he probably won't get any of those things and then move on and, uh, you know, take over for Sam Darnold on the Panthers in two years and have a better career. Yep. <laughs> yep. That, that, that would not be great. Hey, I've got a r- random question for you guys. Um, do you think Mark Davis's haircut is holding back the organization? <laughs> uh, number one, yes. Sorry, I have to tell you guys this because you brought it up. I went to uh, – my wife and I went to a wedding on Saturday um, – of good, good family friends. So we get up there and we sit down and the efficient, nice gentleman, right? His haircut was the same. And I was just, I, and we're celebrating love, right? And people are getting married. And I was just like, I can't not think of this. And I just kept laughing. And my wife's like, you got to stop laughing. I'm like, I can't. Mark Davis, Mark Davis is officiating this way. So. But yes, I think his haircut is. Uh, he's like one of the, the biggest characters in the league. Uh, we, uh, TJ and I's college buddy thread. We we discuss him all the time because we have a good friend who's a Raiders fan as well. So we're always riffing on, on on Mark Davis left and right because he's just he's an outsized character. It's wild. I mean, th- does he still drive that van around? Yeah, dude. I like him as a person. I feel like for as much as you can like a billionaire, <laughs> I don't know. He seems all right. Not a billionaire. Not a billionaire. We were uh, me and my wife were watching the game one time, and she's. She follows the Raiders because I'm a Raiders fan, right? And we're watching it, and they showed Mark Davis. She's like, oh, my God, who is that? And I'm like, that's the guy that owns the Raiders. She's like, he owns the team. <laughs> yeah. You're just looking at him, you're just like, yeah, that just that those, thing, those two things should not correlate together. But, yeah, that between that and, and the P.F. Chang's, um, he is one hell of a character. So He looks like a cartoon character. Like, he doesn't yeah. even look like he's human. You're just like, you see the picture of him in his – freaking Raiders gear in the backpack. Like, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. yeah there, <laughs> wait, what was it? There was a meme. It, I, I, I saw it. It was, um, what was it? Uh, he looks like a little kid that 
if if he doesn't if he doesn't crap himself all day, he'll get a happy meal at the end of it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's insane. Um, it's just that complexion that he has to pair that with like oh, exclusively white, uh, like, all white, white jumpsuit. It's, it's just so crazy and scary. You yeah. almost have to like respect it that he just wants to rock the oh, all yeah. white jumpsuit all the time, just like dripping with swag. Yeah, yeah. I, know, yeah. I, know I just respect that you can look at yourself in the mirror and leave the house every day and be like, I, "Yeah, this is how I'm going to present myself to society." Like, this is good. It's a next level confidence level, you know that that guy has. So it's 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 amazing and fascinating, but also so Raiders where you're like, can you just be cool for once? Can we just not <laughs> always, you know, just generate this type of content? But it's life. It's the life we live on the West Coast. Raiders. You guys represented on the East Coast, so thanks for your service there. Yeah. yeah, we're like the anti Raiders team, but bad in all the other ways of being ultra conservative and ultra old school and boring. ultra just boring. Now just Dan, like, Dan, oh. don't get don't think too crazy now because at three and six through nine <laughs> games this is the best record the Giants have had since 2016 and the best of the Dave Gettleman era. Dude. So better get – better crazy. Thanks. Is this good? Yeah, don't, let, don't let the Giants get hot, guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, I have a couple more. I meant to do an is this good, but um, I'm going to do it real quick. Uh, NFL low, 41 TDs since start of 2020. Is this good? No. <laughs> Only team in the NFL not to score 30 points since the start of the 2020 season. Is this good? Yeah. <laughs> also, Mark Davis's haircut. Is this good? Yes. Yes, actually, yes, we've so proved bad. that it is good. <laughs> it's, it's so bad that it's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Marcus Golden has nine sacks through nine games. Is that good? Oh, <laughs> Kill oh him. my God. Um, <laughs> anything else to add tonight, guys, or, or are we good? I don't know. Uh, oh, I had one, one idea. Yeah. I, was, I thought it'd be cool to find out from the Raiders guys if they could steal a player from the Giants, who would it be, and who would we steal from them uh, You know, to, to make – each of our teams better in, in one way or other. And maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be a player, just someone that represents that team. It could be a coach. It could be an owner. Um, I don't know. Uh, can we assume they're healthy? Yeah. 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 We'll take one just yeah. when, when healthy, but that's that's no fun for anyone playing that game. So, Mikey, you can you can jump in, and I'll, I'll think of mine. Ooh. Um, I'll give you the Saquon for free, man. You can just take him. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Who's your backup running back? Just trade straight up. We're good. A Kenyon Drake? No. Yeah. Do you want, yeah. want Kenyon Drake or Jalen Richard? I mean, I think I think Saquon's played twenty one of, of sixty two of games. Oh. So Oh Dan, I have a stat for that too. So Devontae oh. Booker had ten rushes of five yards and more against the Raiders. Saquon has sixteen all season. Sick. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I would say I'll, I'll throw it out there and say that I would um I would like us to have uh, Aziz because I was kind of big on yeah. him coming out of college. Um, and he's obviously, you know, he's doing well for you guys. And, and um, just, I don't know, man, we just, me and him do a lot. Of, we did a lot of draft coverage and stuff like that. And just like college coverage and um, combine stuff. And you just kind of fall in love with these guys. And then you, you know, the Raiders, of course, don't ever take them. Just be nice to, you know, have someone like that um, and ha- have, have a young threat on the outside like that too. So I, that would be mine. <laughs> I, I would love to see your guys' faces in the past few uh, first rounds where, where the Ra- Raiders have classically reached for, for every guy they take in the first round. I always uh, remember uh, Darius Hayward Bay is just pure speed, and that was the uh, – Can't teach speed, Colin. Can't teach speed. Oh, well, that was... if you, 
Good. If, if you guys like good stories, I have one about Darius Hayward Bay. <laughs> Please. Let's hear it. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're diehard Raider fans. Watch the drafts every year. Um, the year we drafted Hayward Bay, um, I, the girlfriend at the time, not my wife, um, I made a terrible decision and had to go do something else. That's not important, even though, because you guys can make fun of me for it, so I'm not going to give you that. But So I had to do something <laughs> like that. And then I was texting Micah, and I was like, hey, let me know when we're close to being on the clock. And I ditched that event, whatever it was. Micah picks me up in his truck, takes me to the house just for me to see them take Darius Hayward Bay. And then I just walked right out the door. <laughs> it was like, it was like, I'm going to be in trouble over here and I'm pissed off over here. It's just a lose, lose. So yeah. <laughs> um, Colin has a, Colin has a good tradition during the draft when he, when he, we, we mentioned this in the pod many times, but uh, we'll tell you that if he hates the pick, he just falls asleep and we call it a hate nap. Yeah. It's a very important part of Colin's yeah. uh, I mean, Giants to- fandom. To do it, though, you have to be, like, ah, at least 12 barley pops deep for it to, like, really take. I don't know what that is, but it sounds good. (laughs) Just a a couple beers. Just beers. Okay, I was going to ask if that was just just a a nickname for beers. (laughs) Couch sodas. Yeah. You know what? If I had to pick a player in the Raiders, you know what I'm going to pick? Uh, Jonathan Hankins. That was my pick. <laughs> Get him, bring him nice. back. Are you familiar no, no, no. with him? Um, <laughs> we are. I love Jonathan Hankins. I'd probably pick like, like Yannick would be my pick. I've always liked him, and I wanted him to be on the team, and he wanted to be a giant too. So I think he'd be hyped to be a giant. And uh, Giants need pass rushers, man. So that or Derek Carr, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm weird. And I like fullbacks. I'd take in gold. Yeah. Hell yeah. Love is Colton that. Miller good? Fans. Yes. He's he not bad. Yeah. Um, He's better than is... anyone on our offensive line. So that's another yeah. good pick too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we we traded back with the Cardinals, let them take Josh Rosen just to take Kyler the next year, and then passed on Minka Fitzpatrick and Derwin James just for Colton Miller, who's a who's mm. project coming out of. Well, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember him getting drafted, but I didn't really hear too much. You don't really hear a lot of, you know, tackle business from other teams especially not in you know across uh the afc or whatever it is he's uh he's at a point where it's just a sigh of relief that he wasn't a bust that we're yeah. i got you i got you <laughs> that's where we're at right now i feel that in a big way um for me i i mean i i was non-jokingly would take jonathan hankins i love that guy um but i also uh as a draft guy i don't know really know how he's playing this year but i really liked uh trayvon morig uh, your, your free safety coming out of college i think I'm not really sure how he's doing this season, but I think his stats and the way he played in college are, are really promising. Hopefully he can pan out for you. Yeah, he's played well. I mean, I think um, he got it a lot on his plate pretty early on, so you saw kind of the, the rookie struggles that they go through. Um, but we we need that kind of you know single high free safety, that, that center fielder, because I don't know if you guys know, Jonathan Abram isn't it. Um, yeah. And also he's really good at missing tackles when quarterbacks scramble. Um, so – uh, yeah, we need a Morig. I think he's he's grown a lot, made some mistakes, but he also got a lot put on his plate pretty early. So, yeah, I like Morig. Yeah. Right I would take Leonard Williams. I like Leonard Williams. I really like Would you take that contract? Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Him, and, him and I would have a, you know, a come to Jesus moment. We just talk. <laughs> a prayer circle, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We would just look at the market rate and just be like, do you think you're that? Yeah. yeah. Aaron Donald? Yeah, I'll take Aaron Donald if he is. <laughs> He's getting paid yeah, I think him, most so. people will. I think um, people would take Aaron Donald for the Leonard Williams money. It's probably a similar contract, obviously. I don't even know how much Aaron Donald makes, but how much more could he make than Leonard Williams is making right now? Probably not that much. I was just thinking of, of Daniel Jones. Um, ceiling-wise, yeah. Tannehill? 
yeah. maybe like that, you know, it's like, and, and you kind of, I mean, unless he just turns a new, you know, a new leaf, then I don't think he's going to be the those top end quarterbacks. Like you're saying like, Hey, hopefully he's top 15, but look how good Tannehill's been when obviously you have Derek Henry, who's a freak of nature, but if Saquon is healthy, there's a lot of ifs, right? But yeah. if Saquon's healthy and it's not the Daniel Jones show, off play action, obviously sure. competent weapons would be helpful. But I was just trying yeah. to think of that. <laughs> you have to run play action first. That would be the first. You step. have to throw it further than five yards, right? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think Tenny Hill really shows what happens when you take a guy who has a lot of talent and you put him on a team who has a lot of talent around him. And I think, you know, <laughs> Daniel you'll, Jones. See, you'll see success, you know? I think we, we talked about this last week. I think you could, you know, put anybody as the Cowboys quarterback and they'd probably have more success than anyone who's the Giants quarterback just by nature of how good their offensive line is, you know. It's all a supporting cast sort of thing. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I, I hope we're all wrong about Jones. I, I do. I hope I hope he comes out and, and takes strides and gets better when more of the playmakers in the offensive line come back healthy. On, on, a, really, on a really stupid level, I – I sort of don't even want Daniel Jones because I just want like a charismatic quarterback too. Daniel Jones is such a stick in the mud. Yeah, I, I want, want a quarterback, quarterback that's going to like wet blanket. Yeah, it's just so like Eli's Eli. Like I think that's like his own brand, his own entity. But he wasn't too exciting. But he was sort of like funny in that sense. But Daniel Jones is truly like just like a, a shell of a human. He's like he's like Patrick Bateman without like the killing spree. Um, <laughs> what, a, wow. what a pull! What a reference! Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, do you, do you think he likes Huey Lewis in the news as much? There's though, an or? idea of Daniel Jones, but he simply isn't there. Uh, <laughs> that was I like the, the Keister poll earlier. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Bringing uh, you that quality content. <laughs> <laughs> we compared uh, Daniel Jones to a, a quarterback that was a wide receiver in college and then to, to Patrick Bateman. Perfect. Uh, yeah, it's great. We did it. We've succeeded. All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Um, Thank you to Micah and Andy for coming on. Again, guys, you can follow them at Take Raider or the Take Raider Podcast. Make sure to check them out this week uh, and every week. And, again, you can follow us at Big Blue United, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow the Pigskin Podcast Network at the Pigskin Podnet on Twitter. And uh, thanks for listening. And thanks again, guys, for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. That was fun. Cheers. <laughs>